Good morning. It's great to welcome you here this morning. We're glad you're worshiping with us, whether you're here personally or online. It's a beautiful day to worship the Savior together, and we are thrilled for your being a part of our 8.30 worship hour this morning. Lots of exciting things happening in October. Thank you for all of you who came to our business meeting Wednesday night. We were able to get a whole bunch of things done that we needed to attend to. and appreciate your being a part of that. We have started a few of our Wednesday ministries, not all of them, but a few. And we're trying to keep them all socially distanced and safe. And uh, we have our prayer meeting and Bible study going on uh, each week. Uh, we have our children's Bible drill just began that. Last Wednesday, so we have uh, an activity for children that are able to come. Our youth are meeting, and our Mary Martha Women's Bible Study is meeting. So we have a few things going on. So we appreciate everybody that's carefully taking steps forward as we try to create some opportunities for ministry for you. Uh, I understand some of you had a little difficulty signing on to our Bible study last Sunday night. I apologize for that. Uh, you will need the, uh, a little piece of software called Zoom, Z-O-O-M, in order to participate with that. And you can get that on your uh, email. There is a little uh, down at the very bottom, a little statement says, uh, you will need Zoom for this. If you don't have Zoom, click here. If you'll just click on the word here, it'll take you to the Zoom site that will have the software for you. Or uh, you can actually just click on the link. There's a little button there that says uh, click here or something. I may not say click here. I don't remember what it says. It's a little yellow button at the bottom of the email. If you just click on that and you don't have Zoom, it will automatically uh, cause you to to uh, uh, enter that in there. Uh, it's just a little piece of software. It's real simple to use. And if you have any trouble, just let us know. We'd be glad for you to join us. We had a great time starting off our, our study in the book of James, but we only got through one verse last week. So we have lots more of the book to go. If you'd like to join with us, we'd be glad to join you. It's at 5 o'clock Sunday evenings. Uh, they're online, and we'd be glad for anyone who would want to participate in that. We have lots of other exciting things going on. We have a, a men's Bible study that meets online on Thursday nights. Uh, I think our singles Bible study is working on some opportunities and trying to figure out how they can meet. So we've got some things happening, and we're trying to, again, keep that safe and keep everybody healthy. Uh, but uh, we do want to offer those opportunities to you to worship and study the Scripture together and just serve the Lord together. Uh, our Stepping Out ministry has been able to restart some of their uh, ministries, our Blessing Box. We got that back started up uh, last week, so we're excited to be able to be doing that again. And uh, uh, they also have started a, a partnership with uh, Victory Mission, a mobile food pantry that meets once a month. And you can find out all about that from Jeannie Carpenter and all their good folks. Or you can go to their, their web page, or they have a Facebook page. That's what it is. Or you can look on our web page and see some of the things they're doing as well. So God's doing some exciting things. Uh, even though we're facing some real challenges with this virus, God is still at work. He's still working through you as his people. And we thank you for all the ways you're allowing him to work in and through you. Let's join together this morning as we begin to worship in, in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for such a gorgeous day that we could gather together in your house, either here in person or online, to give you praise. We do look forward to lifting your name this morning, Heavenly Father, as we sing songs of praise, as we open your word and, and hear from your power and your goodness that you have there. As we are challenged to go from this place to serve you, help us, Heavenly Father, to recognize there is nothing more powerful than you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
understand this, we begin singing with the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
takes care of all of these things for us. Philippians 1, verses 29, I love how this is put. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Jesus, but you've also been given the privilege of suffering for him. The privilege of suffering. We don't think like that many times, do we? It's a privilege to suffer. We are in this struggle together. And this is Paul saying, you have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. And he didn't find any rest until he was there in glory with our Savior. And we will, too. Um, so often we think that the Christian life is about God making it comfortable for us. But it's not. So when we put on our masks, or we have to go out into the highways and the byways, we can think of the fact that it's a privilege to suffer. Because in that we join with our Savior who suffered. Trusting Jesus, simply trusting every day.
We're continuing the study in the book of 1 Samuel. We've come to a very familiar passage, one of the most familiar stories in all of the Old Testament, the story of David and Goliath. We'll be looking at that passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and hopefully it'll give us a brand new insight on something that we're currently going through. So uh, we'll take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning. I don't know about you, but I've always felt like the littlest guy in the room. It's not an inferiority complex. Don't worry about my psychology, or maybe you need to worry about that. I don't know, but but that that isn't what this is. It's just that every time I I look around any room that I happen to be in, there there always seem to be people that are better than me. When I was growing up in school, there was always somebody who was smarter than I was. When I was in college, there was always somebody with a brighter future than I thought that I had. When when I started in the ministry, there was always somebody who seemed to have more ministry experience than I had. Now that I'm on the other end of my ministry service, it it seems like there's always someone with fresher insight than, than what I have. And in some ways, that's really okay. I've learned that that I don't have to be the smartest or the brightest or the most experienced guy in the room. In fact, that's a really good thing. If I was the brightest guy in the room, it would be a really dim room. But there are those times in life where we just feel overwhelmed. Those times when we face an obstacle that just seems greater than we're going to be able to climb. Those days when we face a giant. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of these masks. <laughs> I'm tired of all the rules. I'm tired of all the social distancing. I'm tired of trying to follow the arrows at Walmart. Although I think everybody else is too because they took them up. <laughs> they don't have them down on the floor anymore. I mean, I'm just tired of all this stuff. I mean, when is this all going to be over with? We're, we're facing a giant right now. A giant that seems to be overwhelming. A giant that we don't completely understand. A giant that seems very confusing. This pandemic stuff is something that no one, literally no one, was prepared for, and no one yet really has the answer for. That's a pretty big giant. But God is bigger than our giants. We're going to see that today as we look at this very familiar story about David. In 1 Samuel 17, It illustrates two ways that we can face giants. Again, it's a very familiar story. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. Young boy goes out and he defeats a giant. Now, how did all of that happen? Well, the answer to that question is vital as we face not only the giant of the pandemic, but all of the giants that we face in life. But we're getting a little bit ahead of the story. So let's back up to 1 Samuel 17. Let's look at the very first verse. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched a camp at Ephes Damon in Soko in Judah. And Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. Now, the Philistines, at this particular point in the history of the nation of Israel, they had been a constant sore spot for Israel. They had battled them time and time again. And sometimes the Philistines would win, sometimes the Israelites would win. It was an ongoing struggle. And yet again, the Philistines had mounted an attack 
against the nation of Israel, this time in the low hills that were just west of Bethlehem. Yes, that Bethlehem that's known as the city of David. This was pretty close to David's hometown. King Saul and the forces of Israel had repelled the Philistines before, but there was something different this time around. A new wrinkle. This time, the Philistines brought a giant. Verse 4, a champion named Goliath who was from Gath. He came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. As the Israelite army looked out there on the battleground, out from the Philistine camp came this massive soldier. Over nine feet tall, wearing 125 pounds of armor, carrying a giant spear bigger than anything that they had. And he wasn't being quiet about it. Verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. It was going to be a battle like nothing the nation of Israel had ever seen. They were challenged to pick their very best soldier and send him out on the battlefield one-on-one with Goliath. If the Israelite soldier won, then the Philistine army would leave. But if Goliath won, it was game over. So Goliath challenges them. He says, let's fight this out, mano a mano. May the best man win. And by the way, Goliath said, I'm the best man. Saul and his men were terrified. There was no way that any of them could win a one-on-one battle with a nine-foot giant. And this giant would not be quiet. For 40 days, every morning, And every evening, Goliath would come out and taunt the soldiers of Israel. And he would slide in a few jabs along the way. Giants always do. You see, giants don't want to just defeat us. They want to crush us into the ground. They want to take away every bit of energy and strength that we possess. But we know the rest of this story. God wasn't through with this situation. Jesse's sons, yes, these are the very sons of Jesse that last week we saw were involved in this who's going to be king beauty contest that they had there at Jesse's house until the Lord said, hey, David's my man. Well, Jesse's sons were out fighting this battle. Again, remember, this is right down the road from their house. 
And so when the call came out for the soldiers to go to battle, Jesse's sons went to war. All except David, who once again was sent out to take care of the sheep. And this battle kind of kept going on. But, but, you know, Jesse didn't really hear anything. He, he didn't hear any battle cries. He didn't hear any fighting. He, you know, he kind of heard somebody talking, but he couldn't really. So, so he sends David to go find out what's going on. And David takes a sack of lunch, some supplies for his brothers. And he goes out to the battlefield to find out what in the world's going on. Why is it taking him 40 days and, and nothing's happened? And as he arrives, he gets there just in time for one of Goliath's speeches. He hears all the taunts of the giant, and he he gets involved in a heated discussion with his brothers. Because David saw what needed to be done, and he asked his brothers, why one of you guys got out there and fought him? What's holding you back? What's the deal here? Finally, he goes to King Saul with his plan. In verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And then we know what happens next. After a little bit of convincing, Saul finally agrees to let David fight Goliath. I mean, it wasn't like he had a lot of other soldiers lined up waiting to get out there. (laughs) It was kind of David or nobody at that point. So Saul tries to get David to wear some of his armor, but, but he didn't have anything that was David's size. And besides, David didn't know how to use all that armor anyway. So David took what he knew. He took a slingshot and a handful of rocks. Not surprisingly, Goliath was not impressed. When he saw this kid coming out to fight him, he started throwing even more insults. In verse 44, he says, I'm going to feed you to the birds. But David didn't flinch. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David knew all along that he wasn't going to win this battle. The soldiers of Israel were not going to win this battle. God was going to win this battle. And even a nine-foot giant couldn't change that. You know what happens next. David fires up his slingshot, put a rock right between Goliath's eyes. Giants fell and heads rolled. Well, one giant fell and one head rolled, but you know how that goes. And when the Philistines saw what happened, they do what most bullies do when they lose. They turned tail and ran. Israel was able to prevail because God had won the battle. So what does this story have to say to us? It's a nice story. It's fun to tell. Especially with kids, it's fun to act out. But what giants are you facing today? And what insults are your giants throwing into your life? Now there's a big one. We'll talk about the pandemic in a minute, but there's a lot of other giants that people face along the way. And those giants just love to taunt us. Sometimes it's just in our own mind that we hear those insults. You're not good enough. That's why you got fired. Because you're not worth working here. 
You're weak. That's why you got sick. You're a mess. That's why your family's such a mess. The Goliaths of our life, they have a bag full of insults and they will not shut up. They just keep throwing them at us. You're just not anything, are you? That's what they'll tell us. And every day, those insults hurt more and more. So what do we do? Well, the the story of David and Goliath provides us with two answers, two things that we can do. And we get to make the choice which one of these we get to do. One, we can choose to be Saul and all the soldiers of Israel. Saul and all the soldiers of Israel saw the giant and they froze for 40 days, month and a half. They had no answer. Now, we're not told exactly what they did for these 40 days other than listening to Goliath's taunts and insults. And certainly, they, they may, must have discussed the situation. They must have talked about it, tried to make some plans. And every time they make a plan, they think, well, that's, that one's not going to work. Maybe they took an opinion poll. <laughs> if you were elected to face the giant, you would A, take a bigger shield, B, take a bigger sword, C, take a bigger helmet, or D, find the fastest camel in town and get out of here. (laughs) Seems certain there was one thing that they didn't do. As far as we're told in the scripture, they never did pray. And it seems just almost certain that if they had prayed, scripture would record it. And if they had prayed... It seems certain they would have received the answer. But in all the noise of the giant, they forgot to have their quiet time with God. Whatever it was that they did, they didn't seek the Lord. So we can choose to be like Saul and his his army. We can choose to listen to the giants. Or... There's a second choice. We can choose to be like David. We can choose to listen to someone who's bigger than the giant. David didn't minimize what he was was facing. I mean, he says it to Goliath. He's okay. I'll give it to you. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin and they were some kind of sword and some kind of spear and some kind of javelin remember this was 125 pounds of armor in the hands of a nine foot giant this guy would have made Shaq look like one of the munchkins in the wizard of oz i mean this is a big guy When we face the giants we have in our life, God doesn't minimize those giants. He doesn't say, oh, you're just worried about nothing. No. He knows exactly what we're facing. Jesus walked this earth. He knows the insults we hear. He knows the hurt and heartache that we face. He knows all of the trials and tribulations that we go through. He's experienced all of that. He knows exactly what that feels like. 
In fact, Jesus sweat drops of blood when he faced the giant of the cross. He doesn't minimize the giants that we face in our life. But David understood something else. He understood, yeah, this is a big guy. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah, he's got mighty armor. But as big as Goliath might have been, David knew, my God is bigger. There's no doubt in my mind that his fight with Goliath must have been in the back of David's mind when he wrote the words we find in Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I, I cannot but... Imagine that when David wrote down these words, he wasn't thinking back to that day as a boy when he stood on that battlefield facing that nine-foot giant. And he recognized the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So who is your giant today? Well, remember, whatever giant you have in your life this morning, our God is bigger. He's bigger even than a pandemic. Now, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, there's a lot of things that God could have done in this situation. And I don't know for sure why God didn't do it. I'm not God. But you know what? Why didn't David just go out there and say, okay, God, strike him down. Hit him with a bolt of lightning. or Make a vulture fly in his eyeball or whatever he would have said. I don't know. You just take him out, God. Just take care of him. I mean, God could have done that. Could have just struck Goliath dead right there on the battlefield. But he didn't. Remember, David knows that God's the one that's going to, Win the battle. David knows that God's the one that's going to defeat the giant. It's not the armor. It's not the weaponry. But David still goes out there with his slingshot and some stones. That's really all he knew as a shepherd. That's that's the the weaponry. Why did David take a slingshot and stones when he knew that God was going to win the battle? Well, I I got to thinking about that this morning, and, and it kind of reminded me of what we're facing right now with the pandemic. I mean, one of the big problems about this pandemic is we just don't know so many things. We don't know when this is going to be over. We don't know when there's going to be vaccine. We don't know when there's going to be treatment. We don't know. know. But there are some things we do know. We've got these little masks that some of the best minds in in medicine have told us, hey, wear your mask. That'll protect other people. And it'll protect you too. We've got the social distancing stuff. And yeah, that's a hassle and we don't like doing that and everybody's tired of doing that but hey we 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 know that works so so we wear a mask and we we keep six feet apart and 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 we're praying for our medical scientists and others who are working diligently to try to find the treatments and 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 the vaccines and other things that will help us get through this we're praying for all that we've got our slingshot and our five stones We're using the things that God's given us. 
to help us through this. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with David going out on the battlefield with what he, what he had. His slingshot and his five stones. That was a good thing. But here's the other thing. There's so many things we don't know. But there's one thing we do know. Our God is bigger than this giant. Period. No qualification. No questions. No wondering. No. Our God is bigger than this giant. And in him we can trust. We do not need to be afraid. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? Our God is bigger than the giant.